What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. This podcast is powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Wizards. BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. BioFreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as online. And this podcast can be found on iTunes and all those other kind of places wherever you can find it. Jamoke Davis here with Chris Gehring and Ryan Dizdier in person and joining us on the phone, Zach Rosen on the road. Where are you these days? I know where you are, but I just like to have to say that. Hi, Zach. An, an undisclosed location in the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> The Wizards got a win last night, which is really exciting. Zach, you want to tell us about it? Uh, sure. You're not even going to ask me a specific question. Just say, tell tell me about it. No, nah, just tell us about how exciting Just talk about it. Road. Yeah, just talk about it. Just talk about talk it. Talk about it. Great question. <laughs> uh, the Wizards won last night for the first time since February 9th. Uh, <laughs> it sounds longer than it was, but they were on a little four-game skid there. Um, and, I don't know, it seemed like a something hit them I think over the break I know that Trevor Reza talked a lot about it Monday after practice about defensive communication and kind of taking more responsibility um, especially with how much effort Brad has has really had to put in on the offensive end and it just seemed like they were just clicking so much better and I and you know I think it's it's a mix of with the starting lineup update with Portis in the starting lineup, it gives the team a lot more intensity to start the game in in terms of focus. I think Thomas Bryant brings a lot of intensity, but perhaps he's not you know, always bringing the most focus to that group. But when he comes off the bench, he brings all this energy. And typically, you know, a, a first group is on the tail end of their uh, run in the first quarter, and then the second group is coming in. They're kind of rusty. He comes in, he just brings all this energy um, and he really went off. He's playing in front of you know his home crowd, family and friends. He's from the New York um, area, and he was great. Uh, Beal, another 30-point game. Ariza, I think, was probably the MVP of the game, especially in that third quarter. Had a lot of pivotal plays to blow the game open. And the Wizards kept the Nets off the three-point line. They out-rebounded them by 16, and they really just stuck to the game plan, and it worked out well. I think the Nets have been playing a lot worse than people realize but the Wizards have struggled in Brooklyn for the last couple of years. So it was a great win. Uh, you know, We know the road struggles this season, and now they can carry that into uh, Boston where with a Celtics team that is struggling a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to think that, you know, Boston has lost four in a row, and the Wizards are going there with an opportunity to kind of hit them when they're down, like – get a win and get out of there while the team's not playing very well. But also, I mean, when you look at Brooklyn, I mean, they don't have all of their players. And the Wizards are, you know, for the most part, healthy. I mean, they're still missing Dwight, but I think they're helped. To me, I feel like they were healthier, and they've kind of been in this group without Dwight for a while. Yeah, I think that when you look at the Brooklyn win, like I think like Zach said, it's important to note that it's a place where the Wizards have struggled. It's a team that the Wizards have struggled against, and I think that – Often it's because Brooklyn just brings like this consistent effort. They keep coming at you, but I think the Wizards were like also like Zach said the, the the Wizards were the aggressors in that game the whole time last night. Thomas Bryant helps that helps bring that kind of consistency. I think the starting lineup has plenty of juice when you talk about a guy like Brad who's just playing 
out of like it's not really out of his mind it's just it's the it's the highest level that he's ever played at in his career and he's been able to keep that consistent consistency but when Thomas Bryant brings that shot off the bench then you just kind of have this consistent level and we saw how, how it worked against Brooklyn last night I think against a team like Boston it can have the same effect because they really are struggling right now they don't have the kind of like the big three or like the big whatever you want to call it for them has not really worked out and I think we're seeing kind of the shortcomings of Kyrie Irving I know that he is an an outstanding individual player he's obviously a perennial all-star um but he himself has said like look I I think I underestimated what it takes to lead a team that is expected to be this good and expected to be at the top of the east and competing for the finals and all those things and I think it's kind of come to a front now for Boston and and they're dealing with it right now and they don't look particularly good and if you're the Wizards coming off of this game where everything seemed to click everything that they talk about every single day rebounding defending well making shots I mean Trevor Ariza some of the shots he hit last night were the kinds of shots that I think are the reason that he's here I mean, he, he, they weren't all like set catch and shoots. He was just, he was hitting shots. He was rebounding well. He was being kind of the do it, do everything pretty well player that the Wizards knew that they were acquiring. And I think it just helped them kind of stick all together. And when you have that kind of thing going for you against a team like Boston that quite clearly does not have that going for them right now. The Wizards have to like their chances. I know that Boston is another place that they've struggled, by the way. Um, we all know that it, the Wizards have really struggled to win in Boston. It's a tough place to win, tough place to play. But, you know, they've got to have some confidence, and certainly they need it. When you look at the playoff picture, you know, Miami won last night. Um, there's just a lot of things that are going to have to break the Wizards' way to get into that eighth seed or seventh seed, whatever it is at this point. But um, it's going to have to continue to start in Boston. It's not going to really matter who the opponent is. They, they and I think they understand that they played like that last night. When when coach decided to make the change and take Thomas out of the starting lineup, it, it's Ryan. It seemed to click immediately, and I know these guys have talked about it. But they also are a smaller team by doing that too. But they haven't. That hasn't really been an issue. Yeah, so far so good. And I think that Thomas is already a player who kind of plays with an extra edge and intensity. You know, he didn't come in with a first round pedigree, and he spent a lot of time last year in the G League. So I think he already plays with that on his like a chip on his shoulder. But now I think it's an even bigger chip. And I mean, the past couple games he's just come in and been a madman just with his intensity that he's bringing and the production that he's he's producing for or the um for the team has been terrific and it kind of reminds me earlier in the year when coach uh decided to bring Keith off the bench and he started playing a lot better in that role as well so I think that and I mean we we've talked about on the past couple of episodes about how with the new guys with Bobby and Jabari and Wes you kind of need to figure out how everyone plays well together and what's the best situation for them and I think that you know we have seen Thomas as a starter and coaches maybe wanted to mix it up and see what he could do because I mean that second unit now like what Zach said it just has so much more of a punch and it's so much just there's a lot more oomph when they come in and I think it's really helped the Wizards a kind of come back from 
slower starts and also keep you know hot starts going so I, I think so far it's been really great to see they scored 18 points in 19 minutes last night man i mean just any any anybody who does that that's impressive mm-hmm. I, I, that would be impressive for a starter 18 points for a starter is is a pretty good mark anyway um but the efficiency that he came in and did that with and has been doing since he came off the bench um i think is impressive and zach i think too right like where he came from and like where he's at in his career it's kind of the perfect storm for him kind of just accepting whatever role is thrown his way like I think he just he just thinks that and understands that he still has so much to prove so much room to get better that like whatever position is going to put him in a give him a chance to do that I think he's all in yeah he he's been asked about his role on the bench multiple times now and he gives a similar answer of you know I wasn't playing to start the year I wasn't expecting anything so to be playing in any capacity I don't care if I start or come off the bench I'm still going to bring what I can to the game um and it it really goes a long way when you're talking about professionalism for someone that young to understand that and accept his role because there are a lot of players in this league that would get mad you know after you start whatever 40 games and suddenly you're on the bench um but that's been it's been great to see uh I think he just had, you know, extra motivation, like I said last night, playing in front of family and friends. You saw him kind of get into it with the crowd a little bit. The Brooklyn Brigade uh, (laughs) that were near the media seats were giving him a hard time. Uh, And he he just really, you know, brought that energy that Kelly Oubre always brought off the bench. And the Wizards need that. And I thought also Troy Brown brought a lot of energy, had like four offensive rebounds, Jabari Parker was rebounding the hell out of the ball, and uh, Bobby Portis was great at getting some rebounds last night too. So, you know, this team isn't the best rebounding team without Dwight Howard by any means, and they need these guys to step up. And that's one more thing that Thomas Bryant still can work on is besides, you know, his defense, but his rebounding. If he can throw in, you know, five to ten rebounds off the bench, that would go a long way. Can you guys, uh, whichever one you want to, talk about it is uh, Thomas Sadoransky. I feel like sometimes he gets forgotten as kind of the one steering the ship as a point guard in John Wall's place and and what we need to see out of him as as that leader for this team whereas I feel like now it seems like we're focusing a lot more on how the new guys fit in Thomas Bryant we've talked a lot about Beal as well and Ariza but your thoughts on Thomas I just think that that's kind of the type of point guard he is. And and when we're having this discussion about how, you know, Bobby Portis looked pretty good last night. Trevor Ariza was good. Brad was always good. Jeff was five for nine. You know, Thomas Bryant, six for ten. I think when other guys have an efficient night and and Tomas has, you know, like he had ten assists last night, I think that's a sign of success for him. I think he understands that his strength, his best strength is being an organizer um, keeping people, you know, in line, making sure that they're having efficient offensive possessions. And when he's at the when he's at the helm of things, and we're able to talk about how many other guys looked good offensively, I think that that's kind of the product of him having a, a really excellent um, night. Like I think he did last night. I don't, I you know, there weren't any moments where 
I was thinking that, you know, man, like, he's just got to come off the floor. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. working right now. He's not bringing anything. I think when he's just keeping the machine going, that's kind of his bread and butter and and what I think is expected of him. And I know that's something that when he's talked about being a perfectionist, I know that that's something that he expects of himself, too. I know that, like, when things are going well, he's proud of how they're, they're playing, whether or not he's scoring necessarily and maybe getting kind of the the limelight when you know john when he's when john wall's on the floor he's gonna score he's going to go at people he's going to take possessions and um that's the kind of player he is he's a superstar level player when he's healthy and right um i think tomas understands that for the team to win when he's the leader that everybody's got to be involved the ball's got to move and he's got to be kind of the conductor of that Mm -hmm. yeah i i think that um chris kind of hit the nail right on the head it's like he doesn't need to score 30 points to have a good night. He does his job, and he does it very well and generally very consistently. And um, I think it's really, like you said, helped steer the ship um, over the course of the season, especially with John out. But, I mean, as a facilitator, as a defender, making things that don't appear in the box score, that's who Sato is as a player. Uh, Zach, did anybody give uh, Jeff Green... Uh, a little ribbing for his up and under dunk yesterday. The old man got up. <laughs> yeah, he just does that out of nowhere. He had another crazy layup. Um, yeah. But <laughs> to be honest, that was kind of at the end of the game, and uh, the team wasn't very happy with how they were closing the game, so there was very uh, limited extended happiness besides the win. Yeah. You catch my drift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't okay. the best close to a game, and I think uh, – yeah, that, that dunk, maybe if it was, like, a minute earlier, might have gotten more. But, yeah, they were excited with, you know, Portis's dunk and uh, kind of just some of the defensive plays and energy that everyone was bringing. But, yeah, by the end of that, <laughs> I think uh, the happiness had been exhausted. Yeah. what He's, you- he's though, Jeff – at his age to still be able to do those kinds of things mm-hmm. on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. Um, he's taking care of his, his body. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's. I remember when we first interviewed him on the pod at the very beginning, like during the off season, he said that like the, the focus has been on just taking care of his body and being as ready as he can be. And it's pretty obvious. I mean, at this point in the season, his age, um, you know, being a starter on this team now, and he's not really an old man. I just no, he's not an he's old man, but like in young, NBA years, he's got a lot of miles. He's got a lot of miles <laughs> yeah. on him. To be able to do that is is pretty awesome. And I totally understand, yeah, the way the game was going and the way that the Wizards were finishing the game, I, I get that it was not, you know, necessarily yeah. reason for excitement. They've had a f- couple of those this year where, yeah. you know, coming off the floor, you would have sworn, if you didn't know the score, you would have sworn they just lost a heartbreaker just because of how they've closed. But, um yeah, he's he's been the the his ability still is incredible, and at the end of the day, for last night, you know, a win is a win, especially against a, a playoff team. I know that people have said like, you know, the bottom of the East, they're not playoff teams because they're all under five hundred, and really, it's just like somebody's got to make it. Yeah. But the bottom line is that they're not the worst. You know, the the Wizards are playing against teams that are ahead of them right now, and so any win against a team that's ahead of you is is a good win, and onward and upward. Zach, we didn't talk to you. After... Go ahead, Zach. I was gonna say, all I was gonna say is you didn't say you haven't asked about Bradley Beal yet. Well, the thing is, like, we know what Brad's <laughs> gonna give us. Brad's amazing. He just scored, but he it's just important. Thirty points in a 
freaking months and you didn't even bring it up, Jamoka. <laughs> because that's what I that's what I expected him to do. As, as I talked to him or uh, after the All Star break when I saw him, I said thank you for you know letting us you know follow you during the All Star break and. You know, I rem- I've been watching the London series, and I remember asking him about his play, and he, I was like, so, you know, how do you think about the way you're playing? He's like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm playing my game. This is what I'm supposed to do. So for him, I feel like it's become normal, but I know we should be putting more of a spotlight on how great he is, has been playing. And Chris kind of alluded to that at the beginning of the pod, of how we're watching a player who my question actually as you're talking about it because i thought about it when chris was talking about it is how does this change the legacy of when john comes back because we're seeing a different brad the way he's playing and if sato is a point guard and the leader that way our scorer the guy that the 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 ball moves through is bradley beal and if we're seeing more success Zach, if we're seeing him score more and getting into a rhythm of having this be his role, it is going to be different when John comes back. Yeah, I mean, simply put, we don't, there's two things before I go into the answer. We don't know when John's coming back, and we don't know if Saturday will be here next year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for Brad, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty clear that he's entering his prime. Uh, He's just going to get the ball a little bit more, um, and John knows that. John's going to trust him to make plays. And uh, But when John comes back, it makes Brad even better because John is going to drive and kick it to him, or, or John's going to draw attention. So, I mean, some people think maybe Brad's going to fall off a little bit if, if and when John comes back next season. But Brad probably – like, he might score more because now mm-hmm. instead of – them loading up on Brad, they have to worry about John, and you, you know who knows who else is on the team next year. Um, so that'd be my two cents. But I just think for Brad, he's just he's just so confident in his game, and that's kind of what he told me last night when I asked him about this month. Uh, he he had no idea his numbers this month. You know, he's not a big stats guy. He kind of leaves that to us to, to let him know the stats, and uh, he he's you know he's very honored by how well he's playing and humbled by it but for him it's just about winning like he doesn't really care about his numbers mm-hmm. and i think that just speaks a lot to his character he is full in on winning he says i could score 30 i could score five i don't really care as long as we win um and one thing that i finally asked him about because i've been observing it is his free throws he shot 95 percent from the free throw line this month and he said he did actually fix the shot a little bit working on the rhythm so I thought that was interesting because you know making two or three free throws a game that you know moves your average from 25 to 28 points a game so uh that was that was interesting to hear yeah and let's while we're here while we're talking about the stats let's also just make sure we go over it because it's it's outstanding and it's a month that he's never had before Brad scored 30.9 points per game in February 6.8 assists 4.7 rebounds um if he would have had a couple more assists last night he would have had what it was he would have been the first Wizards player ever to average 30 points and seven assists in a month. I mean, which is interesting because in my mind, that's a John Wall stat. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and I think so. Just to give Brad his due, and I appreciate that he doesn't really harp on it. You know, he's not watching his percentages every day or whatever. But I do think, and like Zach said, he 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 obviously noticed and changed his rhythm, everything at the free throw line, and it's. 
it's crazy how much it's improved. I mean, he was shooting under 80% mm-hmm. in October and November this year, and to be shooting 95% last month, that's that's elite. And those are points where there's been so many games this year where we, you can look back, and the Wizards have missed a lot of free throws in, these, in some of these weird and bad losses. And when you have your leader... Bradley Beal, who is not only, by the way, like way more confident going to the rim, drawing that contact. Now he's got the ultimate confidence when he gets to the line that he's going to get those points. And that changes a lot for the team when he, you know, he's going to have a lot of usage. He's going to go after people. He's going to draw fouls. And then when he gets there, he's been almost automatic, not to jinx him, knock on wood. But I know that he, you know, that that switch has, has really been. I think underrated part of his game that we've kind of talked about. He went on a streak. I don't know, Zach, does he still have it going? But it was close. Like, he went on a streak where he made, like, 20-plus, you know, 30 free throws in a row mm. through, like, three games or so. And he's, anyway, it was something like that. And um, just the level that he's brought everything to, and I know that after losses he said things like, I don't know what else, I, what else to do other than elevate the way that I play. And every step of the way it seems that he's been able to elevate something and um you know he was playing well he was scoring well all the numbers were fine when he wasn't shooting that great from the free throw line it was pretty average um and now he's upped his game there too so it's a huge credit to him and i know that like zach was saying earlier john's role when he comes back and all that stuff that's all yet to be seen but this opportunity for brad at this point in his career He's, he's certainly taking advantage of it. He's really transforming his game to an even higher level than we've seen him play before. And if you're, you know, the front office and the Wizards and Wizards fans in general, it's been a tough year, and I get that. But that has to be really, really encouraging when you look at how many years Bradley Beal has left in his prime, which is a lot of them. Yeah, I just think it's – I don't remember the exact – uh, point total that he needed last night, but I remember we were talking about it, and we were like, "All right, we should definitely have things prepared because he's going to hit that." It's not even a second thought at this point. It's just like like you said, Jamoke. We know what he's capable of. He's displayed it this month, and since he's been given more opportunity with John being out, and he's capitalized on it. He's been playing at an All NBA level one of the top guards in the East, maybe mm-hmm. the top shooting guard. I, I think that's completely fair and reasonable to say, but he is performing at a level that is world-class. It is fantastic what he's been able to do on a nightly basis. Zach, you, you were going to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we see every team play during the season, mm-hmm. and almost every game he does something, and I just say, man, he is so good. Like, He's easily been one of the top, you know, 10 players that I've seen in person this year. And, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of him. But uh, just the the moves he has now and the plays he makes uh, are just, I mean, top-notch. Like you said, NBA level, all-NBA level. Um, and I, I'm just curious to see how far he can go. I mean, he's going to be 26 over the summer. Yep. He's got a lot of years left in this league. Yep. He's stated how committed he is to staying with the, the Wizards and I think he's just along with you know some of the young talent just gives you a lot of hope for what the future could be despite you know some of the injuries that we've unfortunately had this season for sure and, and one more thing like when we talk about him being at an all-NBA level 
for folks who don't remember when John was named third team all NBA a couple years ago. I mean, that's a really big deal. I mean, it's it's one thing to be named an all-star. You know, there are 24 players that get named to be all-stars. There are 15 players that are named all NBA. Mm-hmm. And, and that that difference is, I, I would say it's, it's a, a really important definition because when you talk about guys that earn all NBA honors, um, it's a really, it's an even more rarefied air because, you know, it's not a thing where at the end of the year it's like, oh, well, this guy's hurt currently, so he's not going to be all NBA like it is with all-star selections. Um, it truly is like who are the best 15 players in the NBA right now. And for him to be in that conversation from where he was, you know, maybe two years ago even when he wasn't, when he was still looking for his first all-star nod, that development um, in every aspect of his game is is really impressive and like Zach said he's only going to be 26 years old um to have all this NBA experience already at 26 um is is really impressive and by the way like when we talk about John's role and all that stuff John's going to be 29 30 there's a pretty big difference in age for the for those two and so it's just um it's been exciting to watch and while the the results on the floor haven't always been great this year his development is um it's really quite a story and I hope that that doesn't get lost in whatever happens in the last, you know, 20 games or so. I don't think it will. Cause I don't think he's going to let it, Like he's going to keep playing it at a high level. Um, but it's, it's just an interesting, it's a, I think it's an important definition to make because he's re- he truly has reached another level and that's important. And the other weird thing is that I also don't think of him as a three point shooter. And I feel like, people in the league don't think of him as a three-point shooter as they would a Clay or a Steph or James Harden. And yet he was the youngest or fastest to 1,000 threes made. And it's like, no, he is a he is a volume shooter and can hit it from distance. But it's just not – I just don't think in, in, the, in your mind you don't think of him as being that type of a scorer. I just don't think you, you just don't put him in that category, but he is. He belongs in that category, and it's shown this month as well. Yes, Zach? Yes, thank you for letting us get in the Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> also, th- th- I'm glad we're finally getting in you back on the pod. I'd that like to true. hear a little bit more from you of your All-Star experience. We talked with Chris about his because I always remembered that he was going to All-Star yeah, over the, totally. the whole month before. Uh, what were your thoughts on being down there in Charlotte? Uh, it was a lot, a lot different than last year, certainly. Um, I will say that uh, it was all kind of central, and that helped a lot. Um, Brad, you know, showed up a little late to the game in a way, but he played really well in the second half, and it was cool to see, like, the other – the other guys kind of pat him on the back saying he helped, you know, ignite the run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Friday, Friday was great. I mean, I listened to what Chris had to say. Um, and I, I really think like he, he made the most of it. I think he's going to be back there for many years to come. Um, but it was, it was very smooth. I thought the video came out really well and encapsulated, you know, everything he did and his personality, you know, whether it be with fans, kids, other players. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a good experience. 
And everybody should watch, by the way, that content that's on our Instagram right now. It's, it turned TV, out really yeah. well, and it's a uh, it's a really good look of Are everything you? that we've talked about. Yeah, um, I'm really enjoying uh, the the push for the playoffs. I'm hope obviously we're all hoping the Wizards are in it, but just overall, just watching the other games and teams, it's really exciting. Even last night, you know, we talked before the pod started, like. You want Miami to lose because it helps the Wizards, but that was just a really cool moment to see Dwayne Wade um, hitting that game winner over Golden State. It was a cool moment, Doc Rivers on the West Coast side, stopping a game for the crowd to acknowledge Dirk Nowitzki uh, of the Mavericks and his, his last game in L.A. to see these two legends um, playing at this level as they are ending their careers, but then also just... You know, I, I just I'm just really excited about the the playoffs, and I'm hoping the Wizards can be in it. But any thoughts on last night or Dirk or? I think I think all that stuff is is really cool, and I can't I honestly can't remember a time when you have two undeniable Hall of Famers that are that have like said that they're retiring in the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, allowing like speaking of All Star again, allowing like those two guys to be at All Star to have that like moment um to have Dwayne Wade still hitting these crazy shots that we're used to seeing him hit in his prime when he was truly truly is a superstar um I think it's really neat and it's something that hopefully we'll continue to see I mean as these guys continue to go out I think it's cool that while they may not be playing on teams that are gonna go deep in the playoffs or anything like that it still adds another cool storyline for, you know, when we were growing up. I mean, like, I remember, like, buying Dwayne Wade's shoes when I was in <laughs> fifth grade. You know what I mean? So, though, for the generations now that remember these guys from a long time ago, or what seems like a long time ago now, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And hopefully we'll continue to have those moments for all these guys because I think it's just a cool subplot of what is going to be a really exciting postseason, I think. Yeah. I think that, obviously, like, the Warriors are still favorites, but when you look at the East, there's going to be a lot of a really fun fight. series to watch. Yeah. It's just going to yeah. be, you know, if if you don't get too caught up in what the end result will likely be, <laughs> the playoffs are going to be incredibly enjoyable along the way. I think there are going to be some awesome series in both conferences, and we're just going to have to figure it out and see who's going to play who when. But... I think that the talent distribution is is really interesting across the rest of the league, and somebody's going to be able to hopefully give the Warriors a go at least and, and make it all fun to watch. And we're just getting started and figuring out who that's going to be. And obviously, like you said, all of us hope that the Wizards are going to be there because it's just fun. It's fun to be in the playoffs. It's fun to be in those big games. Yeah. And it would be fun, quite honestly, to see Bradley Beal cap what's been an unreal year for him. Mm-hmm just going all out in the playoffs and seeing how far he could take this team i think it would be interesting and so we'll see if we get it yeah and just real quick just um with the boston game coming up with jason tatum yeah! facing the Wiz. Jason um, versus Beal. i know you were waiting for me to bring that up zach rosen <laughs> it would be the first time Thanks, the, the um, wizards have won back-to-back road games since december third and fifth man so and that was against new york and atlanta so it would be 
a very, and I don't think it can be like understated enough with the schedule that they have in March, uh, like all the back-to-backs, the homestand, how important getting the two road wins would be for a team that struggled on the road this year, heading into the playoff push down the stretch, I think it would be enormous, like gargantuan. Yeah, getting momentum heading into home games against the Timberwolves, the Mavericks, the Kings, uh, Magic and Charlotte are you know are a couple weeks away all at home those are all going to be huge games especially orlando and charlotte um getting momentum into these next two weeks is critical because you know we keep saying like this is a critical stretch this is a critical stretch um this one really is because it quite honestly is the last stretch Yeah. yeah and the wizards know it and if they keep this momentum going it's gonna be two to three really fun weeks of basketball every week every game is gonna be critical with with the teams that the Wizards are chasing, so we're we're just gonna have to have to see. Any last thoughts, Zach? The Timberwolves are on a to jump to Sunday. The Timberwolves are on a pretty tough road trip, uh, and they lost in Atlanta last night, so that could be another good opportunity for the Wizards. Uh, and my hot take is that the Wizards are gonna make the playoffs because the other Ooh, teams' schedules are oh, so much harder. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. That's a hot take. I like it, Zach. Have fun on your uh, travels when you're getting on that plane heading to Boston. Boston. Yeah, hopefully you will get a chance to uh, oh, you blew stay my warm. Cover. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know where I was. <laughs> well, we don't know where you are now. We that's just know true. you're right. in Boston tomorrow we, night. That's right. That's what we know. Um, Hope WizKids, you've enjoyed this podcast, powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever. Of the Wizards, BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits, and uh, it will be powerful pain relief if the Wizards make the playoffs. Let's just say that. BioFreeze, you can find them at your local retailer as well as online. You can find Zach Rosen in Boston, Chris Gehring, Ryan Dizdier, Jamoke Davis here in D.C. Ciao for now.